Hey, OCD family community. Great bumping into you here at the water cooler, because today we're covering, <laughs> no pun intended, BFRBs. BFRBs? What are those? Well, if you're not sure, then I'm even more glad you're here, because once you learn a little bit more about them, you'll likely realize you know quite a few people with BFRBs. Heck, you might even be one of them. And hey, there's no shame, because just like when it comes to OCD, there's hope, family. So let's dive in. BFRBs are defined by the TLC Foundation as, quote, any repetitive self-grooming behavior that involves biting, pulling, picking, or scraping at one's own hair, skin, lips, cheeks, or nails that can lead to physical damage to the body and have been met with multiple attempts to stop or decrease the behavior, end quote. Bam. This definition is broad, but I'm here to tell you BFRBs can manifest in many different ways beyond the greater categories mentioned here. For the purposes of this chat, though, we're going to talk a bit about causes, how summertime can trigger or pivot the function of engaging in BFRBs, and hey, we're also going to be talking some really awesome tools and resources for you to throw in your swim bag or carry-ons as we wade our way through summer season. Remember, you can always jump over to OCDFamilyPodcast.com for this episode's blog to follow up on any of the resources, citations, or tools mentioned during this episode. Because you know I've got your back, fam. So without further ado, what causes BFRBs? Well, I'm going back to our BFRB Holy Grail, the TLC Foundation for BFRBs, previously known as the Trichotillomania Learning Center. Because y'all, they are the bee's knees for advocacy, hope, awareness, education, training, and helping folks know that you're not alone. And we like that, fam, don't we? Because, I mean, it's kind of our thing, right? You, me, we, <laughs> we're not alone. And with at least one in 20 folks battling a BFRB, that really is true. So let's set the record straight. According to the TLC Foundation, there's a fair amount of research that indicates a genetic component for BFRBs. Several studies show a higher prevalence of BFRBs in immediate family members, but while there is likely that inherited piece to this puzzle, there are also other factors involved too. Much like with OCD, your environment, the age when these BFRBs first pop up, or even a person's overall temperament can also factor in. But just because any or all of these factors are present for someone doesn't mean that BFRBs will automatically occur. On the flip side, if and when BFRBs do crash the party, no blame or shame. But lastly, hey, we aren't the only ones with brains braining. A lot of animals actually engage in picking and pulling behaviors, too. And this is interesting because it really makes a case for the primitive aspect of our neurocircuitry and how that can play a role. So now that we're all up to speed on that, let's talk about BFRBs in the summertime. Whether you're on summer break, just wrapped up this fiscal year and have time to breathe again, or you're spending your days tanning and fanning your worries away, many folks have more time on their hands during the summer. Whether it's a week or a couple of months, it can lead to some unique triggers and struggles for our BFRB fam. So for starters, I want to take it to the FBA. Hey! <laughs> or as we therapist types call it, functional behavioral analysis. Put that on your bingo card. And hey, speaking of the T word, this is as good a time as any to remind you that while I am a therapist, I'm not your therapist, and this isn't therapy. This is just a talk about FBAs. 
If I had a dollar for every time, I'd actually have a couple dollars at least. (laughs) So a good FBA helps us to understand the function behind a behavior. And to that end, sometimes our reason for doing different things change. So FBAs are not simply a one and done thing. They can be situational or change over time. So keeping an eye on the why that is underneath any given behavior is always a good plan of action. To flesh this out further, I truly had the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Lisa Conway out of Exposure Therapy Chicago this week, and boy, was she a wellspring of help. Also, I loved what she wrote about BFRBs on her website, saying, quote, BFRBs can be isolating and embarrassing experiences. It is likely that you have tried many times to stop engaging in picking, pulling, or biting, and even had success for days or weeks at a time before the cycle started up again, end quote. She goes on to share about the tricky nature of BFRBs because they can be helpful or even feel good. Sometimes they can help increase focus, which further reinforces the behavior because look at all this positive stuff coming out of it. But the behavior can also be negatively reinforcing. It can be this outlet for the blah happening in life, be it anxiety or distress. It can be a matter of resolving that uneven feeling or smoothing out a spot that the brain can just get stuck on. The good doc notes that it's because of this duality that it can be even more difficult to decrease these repetitive behaviors, let alone stop them. She goes on to explain that this, quote, explains why single techniques for change, in other words, getting a fidget, wearing gloves, a loved one pointing it out, does not work, end quote. Now, don't get us wrong. Having substitutes for picking, pulling, or biting can be great. We love a good behavior blocker, like gloves, finger cots, sensory tape, or acupuncture rings. But that alone doesn't fix anything. It's more of a Band-Aid which ironically can also function as a behavior blocker too. You know, I remember a client once saying to me, I didn't fix anything. I used a Band-Aid. But you know what I love about physical and metaphorical Band-Aids for that matter? I mean, what are Band-Aids really? They are tools that exist to help promote healing, right? Parents with young kids, you feel me, right? Kids get allergies all the time. It could be like a blade of grass hit me. The emotional feels around that blade of grass is assault. Sometimes we just want a Band-Aid. I know this Band-Aid isn't doing much, but to the person feeling the feels, Band-Aids hold a lot of value. However, sometimes Band-Aids are serving very, very important functions. Preventing infection, helping healing. So if you're using a Band-Aid, there's no shame in that. Way to go, tiger. You're trying to promote healing. So give yourself a pat on the back. I'll give you an A for effort. And hey, Let's add a dollop of grace while we're at it, because sometimes we're just so hard on ourselves. If you used a Band-Aid, you're trying. So Band-Aids, they're not bad, but Band-Aids are not the fix-all either. So it's worth zooming in a bit more as we think about function. Dr. Conway brainstormed with me about two distinct groups here when we're thinking about function. There's the group who is aware of their BFRB, they're aware of the triggers, they're aware that they're having the urge and engaging in the picking, pulling, biting behaviors. But sometimes there's also this other group where it's unconscious, like we're reading a book or listening to a podcast, hey, watching YouTube or a movie or maybe even binge watching Vanderpump Rules. What? I don't do that. Okay, I totally do that. It's okay. This is a shame-free zone, right? It's like an emotional BFRB for me. There's positive and negative reinforcement. 
and it urges me to watch more. I don't even know why I'm doing it. I don't know where the night has gone. I am four or five episodes in before I come up for air and go, oh, I had other things to do. <laughs> like sleep. Eh, who needs sleep, right? Spoiler alert. I do. <laughs> Often folks in this scenario will become aware at some point in the midst of their picking, pulling, or biting that they're engaged in their BFRB, which can bring about a good amount of distress, or it can even bring about that, ah, oh, screw it mentality. I've already screwed it up. I started going to town. I might as well finish what we started. Rome wasn't built in a day, but I'm sure going to try. So for this group, building awareness around the behavior is really, really important because knowing is half the battle. So if we can get better at catching where and when we slide into this behavior pattern, then we have a better chance at leaning into our strategies and managing this behavior in a new way. And I say managing because you know what? Success can take many different shapes. But from my standpoint, and I could be wrong, success can often be measured by this all or nothing mentality. Like if I don't pick, then I'm a success. If I do, I failed. That's what we call the F word around my house. Failure. Is a big no-no. Because again, understanding that BFRBs are the product of our brain braining, that means our brain is going to continue braining. So while we can reduce episodes, we can also increase our confidence about our rock star job of managing our picking or increasing safety behaviors. And let me just say, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that BFRBs are what we would stereotypically refer to as self-harm. But I do know that injuries or infections can occur as a result of engaging in picking, pulling, and biting behaviors. So if we can increase safety around that, that's a good thing. But saying you're never going to have an episode again is kind of like saying you're never going to eat a pint of Ben & Jerry's again or go wild on that leftover Halloween candy. I mean, we're human. We're going to act human. But hey, if I can cut my pint eating from a time or two a week or any time that we happen to have a pint in the house, all the way down to once every two weeks or once a month, that's success, y'all. And we do ourselves no favors if we sit there and shame and blame that moment where we're like, oh my gosh, I ate the whole pint. Why did I do that? Rather, it's an opportunity to learn. And sometimes it may feel worth it. We might even plan a special trip to the store for that pint. But we still zoom back out and look at our overall progress. And we can be confident that with time, guidance, and support, we can get to a place where we feel proud and some agency over these urges and behaviors. Some of the suggestions I saw from Dr. Conway included, if in the process of exploring the function, you determine I need a pretty direct substitute for that peeling sensation, maybe I'll peel stickers off a glass or off of a water bottle. Whereas somebody else may have that function of needing a sensory alternative, something soft, bumpy, or maybe even a pointed surface. My daughter has a BFRB, and she really likes the picking stone. Some folks might need just a sense of accomplishment. And you know what? If that's the function of it, we can easily try some Sudoku or crossword puzzle or just even engaging in activities that help us stay busy and give us a sense of, yes, I did something today, whether it's yoga or getting some chores done around the house. But if you don't have that awareness yet, fear not, fam, because we have tools for that too. I find tracking can be helpful. And guess what? When it comes to tracking, we can make this as basic or as fancy pants, technological, whatever you want it to be. So if you catch yourself after the fact going to town on your arm, say your skin picking, jot down a tally mark. Also, counters and manipulatives, those fun little doodads that kids use for learning math and making things more visual, these can be helpful too. 
One of my favorites is grabbing a clear jar and maybe a bag of craft pom-poms or marbles or anything with a nice bright color to it. Catch yourself picking, drop a ball in the jar. Not only is this helpful for being able to go back and count actual picking episodes that you caught throughout a day, but I like using clear jars and colorful tokens because it can also help raise awareness whether you're picking or not. So you see that baby on the shelf and you can see, wow, this was a low volume day for me. That's helpful. Or you can say, hey, this was a high volume day for me. That's also helpful information. Because remember, this isn't used to shame yourself. It's a way to learn. So if I have a high volume day where my jar overflows, knowing that is powerful because then I can choose a plan or at least increase access to my tools so I can feel like, hey, I'm taking this on and I feel like I have some greater control around it. I also really like apps or setting alarms on phones or tablets, too. One app I often recommend to clients is SkinPick Mobile. Really like that one. Or without an app on an alarm. Hey, 4 o'clock every day or every other day or weekdays when I know that my picking maybe is going to be worse than it is on the weekend or vice versa. I can set those alarms. Tell myself, hey, you. Don't forget to track. And that can be really helpful. And as much as tracking is a really great resource, it's not easy for everyone to do. Sometimes it's really hard to get started. And then we feel so bad because I didn't track all day. And then we have to make up for it. And now this is just making me feel like crap. So I'm just not tracking at all. I mean, it happens. Dr. Conway talked about the Keen bracelet, which is a little fancier pants here, but it is a tool kind of like a Fitbit for BFRBs made available through Habit Aware. Also, using finger cots, which are like a second skin, kind of smooth, very smooth feeling. They're washable. I hand these out to clients all the time, and they are probably one of the most preferred items that I have, but it can cover your fingers. Even something like wearing sweatshirts. And y'all, I don't know about you, but like, for example, my niece and nephew, teens, the sweet teens that they are, they love wearing a good sweatshirt in the middle of the hot summer. I don't know what it is, but you know what? If you wanted to pick at your arm, you're going to have to pull up the sleeves. Similarly, say you have trouble with nail tearing, having closed-toed shoes or socks on, you're going to have to remove that to access the picking. And the point isn't to say that this should extinguish it, but you can track it and we can learn from it. And it's easier to be aware of it when you have to full on take off your shoe or your sock or your sweatshirt, etc. And then she also talked about the values around caring for skin differently and using sunscreen or clothing. Clothing with more coverage is helpful too. This really varies person to person, but it's pretty key and it speaks to some of the tricky yet most critical steps of figuring out our FBAs. The TLC Foundation shares some great information about developing our SCAMP. Yes, we are in it with the acronyms today, SCAMP. And what it stands for is that there's the sensory, that's the S, cognitive, C, affective, A, otherwise known as kind of that emotional piece to our behavioral experience, M, motor, and P, place which can help the BFRB fam choose then the types of treatment or behavior modification that's going to be most helpful in managing their BFRBs. Okay, y'all. So in closing, 
Here are a few resources I recommend. And the first at the top of my list is the TLC Foundation, y'all. I'm proud of it. Because guess what? Not only can you find really helpful resources there, but you can also find support groups. You can find medical or therapy providers that understand BFRBs and so much more. And for practitioners, you can get added to their list of directory. Or do you want to be trained and learn more so that you can offer this hope because you're seeing it in your client population, in your personal life, and really any and all communities? TLC Foundations got you. For parents with kiddos struggling with BFRBs, this is a really cool resource I learned about from Dr. Conway. It's called the Origami Story Club. And I'm going to have all these linked on the on the blog post for this episode. But the Origami Story Club is really helpful for kids roughly ages 6 to 14. Parents of any age, if you're seeing BFRBs pop up for you, for your kids, you can also sign up for a free parent support starter kit, which is really cool. And then kiddos can get signed up for these origami clubs where they can have this really fun and playful way of learning and gaining more tools for their BFRB management. And that is so helpful, too, in breaking down the stigma, breaking down the shame, which is only going to help in increasing positive tools that can help with the management of BFRBs. For people who enjoy a good podcast, here's looking at you, OCD fam. (laughs) Jason Yu's Fidget Podcast is absolutely a fantastic resource. Dr. Conway was telling me that on his YouTube channel, he actually has a great BFRB starter pack as well that's really, really helpful and involves a short little series of learning around BFRBs. And you're going to recognize a lot of the things we've talked about here today at the water cooler if you head on over there. Next up on the resource roundup here is Picking Me Foundation over at pickingme.org. There are so many phenomenal resources available here, and that includes a lot of really, really helpful, like print them out, infographics, share them on your Facebook, on your social media. I mean, these are really great, not only for sharing tips with the broader community, but just a little like reminder, like, here's my little tool card that I can take with me anywhere I need it. So I'm going to link Picking Me summer skin picking tips, ranging from sunburns, swimming, wearing less clothes because it's hot out, or even wearing makeup and some of the unique challenges that can show up in the summertime. Because hey that is what we're talking about today, summer BFRBs. Check out Picking Me Foundation for more great content on other things. And depending on where you're at, Summertime might also mean bug bites and mosquitoes because yowza, those suckers can make things uh, tricky for a skin picker or a scratcher. So check out Picking Me. And again, Dr. Conway hooked me up with that really helpful resource, and I think it is fantastic. Lastly, a big shout out to TikTok and other social media influencers that are bravely out there sharing their stories. Now, not all content is helpful when browsing social media, but not all content is garbage either. So keep that in mind. Use your critical thinking. But a lot of social media influencers are doing such a great job, if anything else, to help normalize that, yeah, one in 20 people have this, yo. This is common. We are dealing with this stuff. And you're not alone. All right, y'all. A huge thanks to Dr. Lisa Conway. And great news. Whether you find yourself near the Windy City or not, that's Chicagoland here in the States for our international fam. Dr. Lisa Conway is also a psych pack provider, which means she's able to service folks via telehealth that are outside of the state lines of Illinois as well. So I'm going to stick a link for her website on OCDFamilyPodcast.com if you want to learn more or if she services a state that you do live in. You can check more information out. 
But also keep an ear out for her in season two because we are dreaming up a collaboration that will shed even more light on BFRBs as well. But I must say, for today, I'm afraid that's all the time we have. So thanks for joining me again here at the water cooler. And hey, it's always great to rehydrate with you. So I hope I'll see you again next week, fam, for more support and more hope.